You're all going to die down here. Welcome to episode 116 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether. You can call me Fish. With me as always, he's my favorite sack of shit. Connor McDuff! Hello. Hello. Well, fuck Connor. We're about to, to kick off a brand new retrospective. How do you feel about that? I'm dead on the inside and the outside, which I guess is kind of relevant to the series of films we're watching because everyone's fucking dead on the outside and the inside in these as well. (laughs) That's true. We're about to take on the horde that is the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There is. It's surprisingly a lot of them, which is something we'll talk about, where we're going to be doing every single film leading up to number six, the final chapter, which comes out in January. Now, this is such a massive feat that we couldn't do it alone. We needed some backup to do this, and the backup is in the form of the lovely Tracy B. Hello, everybody. It's me. <laughs> How you doing, Trace? I'm doing fabulous. Well, first of all, before we kick off this retrospective, I want to talk about a bit of like our relationship with the Resident Evil franchise as a whole. Tracy, where where do you stand? Were you a fan of this franchise before? Like not just the movies. We we know we all know it's based off games as well. Where where have you come from? I actually saw like the movie first. I didn't really know anything about the games at all. I mean, I knew they it was based on games. Um, and but yeah, I came in with the first movie like you know not too long after it came out and then really really sort of watched it properly when it used to play all the friggin time on late night television is just one of those movies like that and dawn like oh, really? yeah dawn of the dead seems to be like just movies that always seem to be on at like 1am when i'm like channel flicking so that's Hold on dawn of the dead the original the, or the, the remake? remake yeah the the uh, Zack Schneider one. Uh, so well, it's funny because these movies were kind of around the same time. I feel like these those two movies sort of kicked off this this new yeah, zombie yeah, like craze really that bringing, you know, yeah, like bringing a new sort of generation of zombie films I guess so um, yeah so that's really where I came in uh, I really haven't seen anything of the games except for this year because my partner Adam he just recently um, got the re- like they did a remaster of the first game and I was watching him play that yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that. that's pretty that's much good. my um, yeah what I've seen of the whole so you're thing. mainly you're mainly on the movie side of things now Connor I know for a fact that you haven't seen any of these movies is that right any of these films like <laughs> don't know a damn thing so you're more the gamer you, you've played the game well yeah. Resident Evil 1 and 2 were like what I used to watch my brother play and they were really cool I never played them I was like 6 years old but they were really cool and then Resident Evil 5 was like the game I played when I was like 13 it came out and it had really good co-op so Resident Evil 5 was like sort of my shit for a while there. So I have a bit of a background with RE, I'd say. Um, Chris Redfield and shit, getting up in everyone's grill. He's not in this. Um, but, um, not, no, he's not. But yeah, and Albert Wesker and all those cool cats who like to fuck your day up. But yeah, who, like I'm... Who are also not in this. No, kind of, <laughs> has a, a very, very loose tie, it seems, to, to the games. What about you, Fish? Well, funnily enough, I 
rewatching this movie the other night, I've I've realized how much of an impact this movie has had on my life because I knew every friggin' line. <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times, but I haven't I haven't watched it in years and years. Like I I probably since the third one came out. I, I remember doing like a, a trilogy and watching them all. But since then, but in my teenage years, this was one of my movies. Like I, I knew the soundtrack back to front. It's got a fucking oh, killer yes. soundtrack. And it's it's like the action in it was just like a teenage wank fest for me as a kid. Plus, I was a massive fan of the games. Like I still am. I love the games. I, I actually just went back and replayed that um, remaster that you were talking about. Yeah, Tracy. it's pretty crisp, um, hey. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Like these games, I actually prefer the older style where it was truly survival horror, like that Resident Evil 1 and 2. Resident Evil 2 is probably my favorite game. So as you could, like leading up to that, I was like so excited for this film. And it and the film became a bit of a, it was like a schoolyard legend it, like at my high school, I remember there was this one kid who'd like illegally downloaded it <laughs> and he'd watched, he'd watched and he was telling us all about like this fucking movie and how like messed up it was. There's like people getting cut by lasers and zombies like just inundating people and the liquors were coming out. And so there was all these like references to the games and I was like, this is going to be so cool. And then watched the movie and it was very, very loosely based yeah. on the game. So, but we'll talk about that. And like, Connor, can you tell us what actually happens in this movie as opposed to the game? Sure, let me fill you in with some uh, very loose, uh, almost unbearable plot synopsis because I'm a little <laughs> fucking confused still. So, um, Umbrella Corp runs the world like Apple runs the world at the moment. And... Basically, their little hive where they do all their nasty experiments and stuff gets totally fucked up and all the people inside get totally, like, wrecked and fucking poisoned and you don't know what from. It's zombies. They turn into zombies, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we cut to this blonde chick and she's woken up in this massive mansion. She's like, what the fuck's going on? I don't know who I am. Suddenly, all these people burst through the windows and, like, arrest her and this cop who's there... For some reason, I can't remember. Anyway, I don't know why they fucking burst it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, they arrest them. They real that she gets told that she's part of Umbrella Corp. She's part of it. She's an agent. That she just can't remember who she is. She's suffering from memory loss. You meet another guy. He's suffering from memory loss as well. Apparently, they were both married, and it's all just a part of this whole. They're suffering from memory loss shit. Anyway, they're going into the hive to save. I don't know why they're going into the hive. Why were they going into the hive? Because they had to go in and find out Dude. what happened. Because they. They yeah. didn't know why the um the Red Queen went homicidal. Right, so we're going into the hive to figure out what the fuck's going on. And they go in and shit just <laughs> shit just isn't good. You know, they just start dying, zombies start popping up, everyone's just like, What the fuck's happening? No one fucking knows. No one uses the word zombie because that's blasphemy. <laughs> everyone's just people are getting cut up by lasers. Yeah, uh, they don't, do no, they? they never cut up by would. lasers and shit. Everyone's fucking dying. It's just a fucking bloodbath the entire way through. And then the computer tells you what's going on and basically that the infection went, like, started spreading throughout the hive and so she had to close it down and she wanted everyone, she can't let anyone who's infected out and she doesn't believe that these guys are going to survive so she's basically trying to kill them the entire time and most of them die, so she was right. Anyway, it turns out that the husband, the other secret agent dude, he, um, he foiled the whole thing and he, he, he was the one that let the virus spread. So he's an evil son of a bitch. And the main chick, 
hates Umbrella Corp. She was going to give something to the sister of the cop to bring down Umbrella Corp, but then it didn't happen because the husband knew... It's a fucking zombie movie. Who gives a shit? No. Um, it, it's some sh- something like that, and so then the husband dies, and the hot girl in the red dress lives, um, and then she gets captured by some guys in hazmat suits, and then wakes up in a hospital room, and then escapes the, or in Raccoon City, and then leaves Raccoon City, and everyone's fucked, and the zombies have taken over. Is that... Look, man, that's as good as it's going to get for me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't really know. It's close. It's pretty like, close. I'm watching... It's almost. I just don't know. I was watching this film like. It's 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 almost as close as the parallels to the to the games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Much the Zombies attack. Zombies attack. There you go. Well, the big the big thing is that the infection has got out. It was, they're obviously doing some sort of experimentations up below ground in this hive area. It's all very secret squirrel stuff. And then once the virus got out, the computer shuts the place down and says no one can leave. And then the people come in. And mess up that by overriding the computer and allowing the infected to get yeah. out. That's the movie. Now, I, I think we should start every review with what very slight parallels that it has to the yeah, games. Because yeah. this one has it next to has none. none. <laughs> Although apparently the original <laughs> script by Romero was a lot closer yeah, to Yeah, George A. Romero. Yeah. Imagine that. So... But yeah, this one, absolutely no parallels. There's not even any like characters. Seriously, like the only thing you kind of get from it is like Raccoon City, Umbrella Corp, just, or, you know, like the places and sort of the setting. And there's, and the Yeah, zombies. and that's all the stuff that I remember. Yeah, of course, the zombies. And the liquor. Like the liquor is oh, a, yeah. a big, yeah. um, I don't know if they call it the liquor well, they in this don't, movie, that they big don't giant specific- dog thing at the end. Yeah, they don't specifically say liquor in the movie, but like in all of the, um, Credits, well, not credits, but you know, like all that stuff, it's sort of referred to as the liquor. So that was from Resident Evil 2. Um, I guess the only thing that really is part of it is there's a mansion. <laughs> like, because in the original Resident Evil, it starts out in this mansion and that Underbrella had like these laboratories underneath the mansion. And I guess that's what the hive is. But it's just really confusing to me that they would stray so far from the games because... I read about... Do you know who George Romero is, Connor? Fuck no. Oh, Connor. He's, he's like the zombie... He's like the zombie god. Like, he made uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. You know, all the all the dead movies, the like the old school ones, that was him. He's the guy who started off this whole zombie craze. So, it made all kinds of sense for him to be directing a Resident Evil yeah, movie. Yeah, especially because um, um, he and- also did the... Uh, what was it? Like, the trailer and stuff for the Japanese Resident Evil 2 yeah like Resident Evil 2 and and it's funny because they read his script and said oh no it's it's too far away from the games but from what I've heard it it was pretty damn close and then they said yes to this script <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like the main character is completely made up like Alice the character is why wouldn't she just be Jill I don't I I'm very I'm very confused by that, to be honest, because I was reading just like recently, like just before that Paul um, Anderson like went in there and he was saying to them, like when he sort of put in his script, he's like, it just, he didn't want it to be another like shitty video game film. He's like, yeah, he's like, I want it to be, um, I can't remember the exact quote. Didn't, 
Didn't he make he made Mortal, Mortal Kombat? Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, okay, that is so is he thing. referencing his own movie? Yeah, because I feel like that's one thing I really wanted to mention. I love the fact that they trusted the guy who directed Mortal Kombat to direct Resident Evil. To do a movie, uh, movie game tie-in. I have quite a guilty pleasure towards the original Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's not yeah. a good film, but like I, I do like it. It is fucking um, awful, but, but it's so fun. But I remember back in the day, like, because I was so obsessed with this movie. I was so excited for it to come out. And I was reading, you know, what you could find on the internet at that time. And you go on like all the chat boards and all the, the blogs and whatever. And a lot of people were talking about um, how pissed off that they were. He was coming in to direct it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because he did also do Event Horizon Which is a fucking before great this. film. Event Horizon. I was is... just going to say, that scared the crap out of yes! me as a kid. Like, and I seriously talked to so many people about Event Horizon who are just like, yeah, that movie like fucked me up. They're like, that is so scary. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like, all right, well, he could go either way. And even like as much as I love, like I was very forgiving of everything back in the day. So like, yeah. like I said, I watched this movie over and over and over and it does have its own charm, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. But like it, it's even back then I could be like, I was like, hold on. So why did he do this? Yeah. <laughs> like why make a Resident Evil movie that has nothing to do with Resident Evil other than the fact that there's zombies, you know, uh, it's very confusing. And as we go through the franchise, they sort of reference a bit more, but, and we'll talk about that with each movie, but it's, it's just really strange to me. I just, I just don't know why, especially the main character, like there has nothing, there's like the Resident Evil story is so rich as it is. Like the characters are so good. Hence the fact that we're coming up to Resident Evil 7 coming out, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like they keep going. I'm going to pose you a little, a little query though, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about this because most video game films as well do the same thing now where they kind of they just do, like... Yeah scrape it a little bit they kind of dip their little testicles in the jar of video game just to get a little taste for you and then they yeah. go and just to have that name recognition so like yeah. i was thinking about this because i really want to make like i really want to see a last of us film because that that game oh yeah um yeah. but the thing that i've realized is i think one of the issues they have as writers is when you're writing for a platform where the audience member, aka the player, is in control of the actions of the character, generally um, you're going to come under a lot of scrutiny as to what you do because the, that when that person is watching that film, you know they're generally going to be pretty attached to that character and pretty attached to pretty used to being in control of what that character is going to do. And yeah. so I, I think a lot of the time what happens is. Um, when they do try and do that stuff, like Prince of Persia, which was garbage, <laughs> uh, like, and th they're going in a direction that the ca the player generally wouldn't go in. You know, I think I think it kind of, it, I think it kind of creates a worse case, like a, a, a sort of shittier situation instead of just using the law and using a bit of it. Like, look at um, um uh, God, what was it? Uh, Assassin's Creed coming out. Like, what yeah. they're doing there is. They're making it that um, Abstergo is the company. I'm pretty sure. Is it Abstergo? That's the company, isn't it? Um, I can't And it's, it's, it's the, the Templars, the bad guys, and, like, and Michael Fassbender's character is a totally different character from the games. He's not related yeah, to the games. Yeah, it's just like made up as But it? the whole, that whole thing, this whole story is a part of the video game world. So it's still a part of that world and it's still going to be a part of the Assassin's Creed lore. 
Um, so it all connects, but it's just a separate story because they don't want to touch the Assassin's Creed story, which in all honesty makes sense because after Assassin's Creed City, the whole thing went to shit. But um, yeah, I think that's I think that's where that comes from because when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh yeah, like this makes sense. I'd, I'd probably be a little shitty if I'm watching Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine in a mansion because I, I reckon they wouldn't be able to do it justice, you know? That's, like, a, fa- that's a fair call. I, I would say that's, yeah, interesting. Um, and I would agree with you there, actually. But uh, yeah. what I I'd... find funny about it is that I don't know, just reading about whole, the whole lead-up to this film, I find it really weird that they would sort of be like, to Romero, like, no, this is wrong, you know, like, it's not going to work. And then they would sort of... Yeah, it's too ha- far away. Yeah, yeah, like, it's too far away. And then have this script from Paul Anderson come in and they go, yeah, you know what, we're going to do this. I really want to know what happened in that one year while, while it was in, like, pre-production hell. What made them go, you know what, we need to do this like we need to do it so this, that it, this direction yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and like i i also agree with you to a certain extent connor but like this this franchise i feel like it could have been done because one there are novelizations of each of the films uh, each of the games okay. and I, like i've read i've read the first novelization of the first game and the games are fairly linear as they are yeah, like yeah. it's really you need to get from here to here solve a puzzle and then we get a cutscene which advances the story. And that's my argument for this type of film, is you've basically got the movie right there in those cutscenes. Yeah. Like, yeah, just add a few action scenes in between, and then you've got the film. Yes, in games it's very much more immersive, and it's very what choices you make, especially with newer games now. But those older games, they were basically like playing a movie, and that's why I'm so confused well, as I, to look, why they I, went this you route. You know, like I agree as well. Like honestly, I I, I see I totally get what you mean because I even when I'm sitting here trying to justify why they might do it this way, I sit there and think of a Last of Us film. Like, there's no way you could fuck that up. Like, this that game is a movie, you know? Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah. but I sit there and I'm like, they would, and I'm like, why is it that I haven't seen a film? that's based on a video game yet that is good you know i've seen films that based on video hey, games that are fun hey what about super mario brothers <laughs> i haven't even seen it but talk about going straying very very far oh, away from the source material i mean like it just for me it's just like I, I i think i think when someone does it right like when i can watch a film that's based on a game that i like and I'm like, oh, wow, they really nailed that. Like, they really captured the essence of the game. They've really nailed the story, and it's a good film. Then I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, I believe that you can make a good video game adaptation. Until then, I will sit in silence. <laughs> I think I think what the, the argument, though, is that I come into these sort of movies, especially this movie, as a, you know, a 15-year-old or whatever I was, I come in and I'm looking for the game. Yeah. I'm looking for references to the game. The stuff that I geeked out yeah. about the most was when she went to Raccoon City, you know, the mansion. I was like, oh, Me that's too. the mansion from the thing. Because yeah. you, you can, you're relating it and you're like, oh, I've been in, I've been in that mansion as like that, this, well, not that character, but a character in that mansion. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking to see how they can translate that to film. And this time they just kind of went a completely different way. Like, especially... Like the the games were straight up horror. Yeah. Like yeah. some of the best horror that I've ever seen or witnessed. And these 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 movies are really more sci fi action. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Which, as the franchise has gone on, like yeah, it makes me a little bit cranky. 
but I have always enjoyed these films, so I've I've been able to sort of separate them. Yeah. I don't really connect them, and 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 any time that they do reference something, I'm like, oh 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 oh, and then that's kind of where it is. Now this is the story of Alice and her regaining her memory and what she was. I kind of feel like they sort of maybe shot themselves in the foot a little bit with this, because I feel like that was. Around that time, around 2000, especially with the advancement in like visual effects and things like that, it was really a time where they could start doing a lot more of these, you know, like video game films and sort of do them, they have the chance to do them right, you know, and do them a lot better. Um, and I find that people coming into this, they would have been like, oh, yep, yeah, like really expecting the Resident Evil games. And I think with people coming into this going like, oh, you know, maybe they can do this right, you know, and I think all the TV spots and the posters and everything look quite cool. So people be going into it thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be Resident Evil and then go into it. And it's just like a completely different thing. You know, like there's no characters that they know. There's sort of like only references to the game really. And just the fact that there's zombies there. I feel like they really had a chance to kind of, don't know you know what I mean like I feel like they could have gone with the source material a lot more and done something really memorable like it is still quite a memorable film and quite a memorable franchise but I think they could have gone but really tired yeah like I feel like they could have gone really big with it because I really feel like early 2000s was such like a you know like a a supple time for that yeah like it was a massive step forward in the industry as far as like visual effects and I feel like they could have done a lot with it yeah, I agree. Like, I just think it's 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 always confused me. As much as I have enjoyed the films for however much I do, it's always confused me that they did go this route. Like, and even just having a few more references or at least characters, yeah. I think, is where we needed to go. But, hey, this is what we got, so let's talk about this. Right. How did you guys feel about Alice as a character, like we've got Mila Jovovich coming in. She's a badass bitch. Yes. She's kicking all kinds of ass. Um, where did you guys stand on her? Um, well, I have a lot to say on Alice, actually. Oh, okay. I really, really like her character towards the end of the film. And I feel like it's so cheap that they use the old, oh, memory loss technique. And this is this is something I found really interesting because I watched it with a few friends. And one of my friends, Jesse, he's not... Like, he's not really a film guy, if you know what I mean. But he was, like, sitting there at the end of the film and he just kind of turned to us and he was just like, so did they use the memory loss thing as, like, a, you know, like an easy way to sort of have character development, you know, in a sense of the hero's journey of having um, the hero be really shitty at the start and then, you know, learning to become better and better, you know, like, as a way to sort of do that. And I was just like, yeah, pretty much. Um, Pretty much, Yeah, so I just find that it's sort of... I don't know. There's some things I really, really like about the whole memory loss and her starting to learn, but I feel like because they do that, we lose so much of her just relating to her, if you know what I mean. Because, like, I find by the end of it, she's really acting her heart out. Like, Mila's got some really great bits, you know, when she's crying, when she's talking to, um, uh, fucking, what's her name's character? Um, Michelle Rodriguez's character, but... Rain. You know, like, she's crying. Yeah, that's it. Rain. She's, like, crying when she's talking to Rain on the, you know, on the train and things like that. And I'm like, that would have been great if I'd had that from the start of the film. Because right now, I'm just looking and going, this is great acting, but I'm not relating to her at all. I'm not thinking, um, you know, like, I feel like I really like Alice on another level. Because I haven't had that real character development in the start of the film because it's just been her, like, piecing things together. Which is fine for the plot, 
but it gives us nothing with the characters, and it doesn't give me that much with Alice. I really liked it. I didn't mind the memory loss thing at all. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, like, it's... It... But can you agree, though, that it sort of left a lot of room to be fulfilled in far, as far as character development goes? No, not really. Like, I mean, it's just a, it's just a method of storytelling, I guess, and I didn't really th- see this cheap. There's a lot going on that's maintaining my interest. Like, I'm watching this, this big arc about, like, what the fuck's going on down in this hive, and it just kind of carries it. She's just kind of there to... I don't know, she's she's not necessarily an active protagonist the whole way through. She only becomes an active protagonist once she kind of... You know, the dogs start chasing her and stuff, I guess. Mm. But I didn't I didn't ever sit there and go, like, oh, like, I can't connect with this person because I was probably connecting with her more when she didn't know what the hell was going on because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, what? what is happening? What are you doing? And then she starts kicking dogs in the face <laughs> and, like, judo kicking things. And I was like, all right, I guess this is where... I guess this is who you are. I don't know. I think, I think like, in regards to character development, it wasn't... I don't think it's a problem that she wasn't necessarily um, changing, per se. Like, she's just regaining. I think it's just another way to, sh- like, to, to, to tell a story. I, I, while, like, it is always good to have someone actively change in front of you as you're watching them, it, it, didn't, it didn't bother me. Like, she was still pretty fun. Yeah. And at the start, you've got more going on where people are getting cut up by lasers and she's just watching and I'm like... I don't really know how she'd be able to, where she would, you know, sort of go anyway with her arc in those situations. So I think they did a pretty good job of allowing you to connect with the character initially by putting her in your shoes where you're like, dear God, what the hell is happening? And then once you go, oh, zombies. And then it's suddenly you're like, cool, now kick some ass, please. Now time to kill stuff. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, Connor. Well, that's that's kind of where I stand as well because I kind of agree with both of you. I do feel that her character is very much in a rut at the start of the film because of the the yeah. memory loss thing but she's also like our avatar she's like our our yeah. eyes into this world so we're learning as she's going along and i quite like that as a as like a, a filmmaking technique and i'm also thinking ahead like the the next like five movies is all of her being the kick-ass Alice <laughs> that yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're I just, liking. Um, so yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I wanted more of that in this film. I just feel like it's so sad that I'm like, oh, great, I'm going to have to wait till the next film just to see Alice kicking ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, because this is the first film, this is like setting up the world, and it's I, I feel like it's a good vessel a good way of like, you know, really shipping us in there and just trickling information as she's regaining it. Once she kind of gets the the memories back and, you know, it all clicks, it's kind of like she's just straight into that mode. She's straight into like, oh, now I know who I am. And she's that person that you're talking about, Connor, the one who kicks dogs in the face and judo chops yeah. everything, <laughs> which is fucking cool. Like, I'm, I'm all about that. Like, And that's one thing I, I really like in these movies is the action scenes. The action scenes are pretty... On they're point. great fun, hey. They are excellent fun. Yeah, there are some really... I, I gotta say, there are some really great, like, shots and some really great scenes in this. Some really great action, like, stunts, so... And yeah. it's all complemented by an incredible soundtrack. Oh, Oh, the yes, music okay. is so good. Now, Marilyn it Manson really had, a, had a big part in, in scoring this thing. I think it was him and Marco Beltrami from... Yeah. Memory. But... 
Matt, like this was, I was at the time I was just sort of starting to get into like heavier music and Marilyn was very much on my radar. And when I found out that he was being involved with the Resident Evil movie, I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. In fact, some of the very first short films I ever made, I used the music from this soundtrack because it's yeah. so good. It's just really hard, like guitar riffs and kick ass, just beats that, that, that really just amp up. Metal. Yeah. Just yeah. It yeah, amps right. up all the scenes. Anytime that shit's going down and you're hearing that, you're like, whoa, yeah. man, kill I really some things. Like the soundtrack. Yeah. Like it really, really added to this film, I find. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't have the whole vibe that it does have if it wasn't for the music. Like it could have been a completely different film, I think, if the soundtrack was any different. I mean, like, I think, I think that honestly, like, I think this film's tone is one of the coolest things about it because it's just like the perfect combination of cheese. Like, it's mm. so cheesy early two thousand. Yeah, it's super cheesy. And then it's, but it like, but it, it just fucking owns it, and not in a way that's like satirical. Like, it owns it like, hey, we love metal. Here's the metal. The main character's going to be in a red dress and leather boots the entire yeah. film. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like. The other girl in this film's a badass bitch, and like it's all just so just, you know, I don't know. It was roundhouse kicking dogs in the face, like dogs <laughs> yeah. in so the face. Cool. And, and there's just something, something about it that sells it. You're like, you're like, okay, sure. I, this is where we are. This is the world we're in. <laughs> it's just like, like it's a zombie film, you know, and like they they know it's a zombie film and it's a video game film, and they're just like, well, this is what we're doing. One of the things I do like though, and that I have to give props to on a on just a, like a really, I don't know, really, I really, it really appealed to me was the director does um, une- like unexpected turns really, really well. Like zombie films nowadays, I think aren't ever really too scary or spooky. They don't really even have jump scares necessarily. They're just very, like The Walking Dead isn't, uh, you know, you watch that series, you're not like, you're just like, yeah, zombies are around. In this, like every time you think something's going to happen, this character turns their head and suddenly something's next to him. Yeah. You know? Like every without fail like the dog Did you bit like the the jump scares started to get a bit much though no because they weren't scared it wasn't like a scare i was never scared by them i wasn't like oh god like that's terrifying yeah I was just, like, like i don't mean jump scares and it's gonna scare you but the whole sense of a jump scare in that whenever you turn no, around there's something there or something i thought it was great because like it just never let up it was just like up oh, there's a dog chasing you up oh, you're safe up oh, there's a person next there's to you. always oh, something around the corner oh, sort of thing up oh, there's more dogs up oh, turn there's the other dog up oh, there's the it's just, <laughs> i'm just sitting there like oh my god like this doesn't end and it just made okay. it, that feeling of like oh this is really overwhelming like they're not safe anywhere pretty prominent yeah. like that was so you the like the like the relentlessness of it yeah, well, I mean, like that's the that's what a zombie horde is. One zombie isn't scary, but if you put one zombie to your left and then thirty to your right and then one above you and then one, like it's they just it never ends, you know. And they do it even yeah. with the story. Like you think a character's dead, but then they're alive, but then they're dead, but then they're bitten, but then they're alive, but then they're dead, you know. And they do that like over and over. And I just was always just like, yeah, sure, like this is great. <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs> the only jump scare that I thought was a bit lame was, and it was used in like all the trailers and everything, was the chick in the water. And you know, hand goes on oh, the window. Yeah. Like even my girlfriend Beck was like, "Yeah, I didn't see that coming." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was that was very. That's obvious. the only one. But like, I love the one where Michelle Rodriguez's friend, the like Spanish-looking dude, he you know puts the code into the door and then turns around oh, and there's yes. just like a horde of zombies in the elevator. 
Like, that's a yeah. good one. And that I part, did sit back in my seat there. That actually is quite horrifying, that scene. Like, him getting sucked into that thing. It's like, there's no way he's getting out of there. Like, he is yeah. so fucked, <laughs> you know? And um, so, yeah, I what, like, you were commending the director. I, I think the one thing I'll commend him on is that he, he knew exactly what kind of movie he wanted to make. Yeah, he wanted he to make, like, it, yeah, it has horror elements, but when it's going and it's action, it's on. And yeah. it, that, that energy really picks up, um, you know, once, once things are happening. Like, her kicking dogs is so cool. <laughs> but but how did you guys feel like like in the in the down parts I guess like you know when I feel like this movie has so much <sighs> exposition like yeah. so much it's like it's almost unbearable at times yes okay I this is like my main beef with the film really I feel like this is where it falls down I feel like in those down scenes and in the more like exposition heavy scenes Oh, they just let themselves down so much. They could have done it all so much better. They've just got... Like, especially that scene where you find out about Lisa being um, the cop's sister and things like that. I just... Like, they could have gone about it a completely different way and done it a lot more... Just done it better. It could have been better. Like, it's just that... There's such big moments where there could have been so much character development, and I just feel like it always fell so short. Like, every time there was sort of a chance for a character to really have something to say or say something to someone else, it just fell so short. Mm. It's funny because, like, they had, they already had a good way of telling the backstories and stuff by the memories coming back. Like, those little yeah. flashbacks and stuff I thought were quite effective. And you're still kind of like, what is she thinking? What is, what is this about? What is that? And then when it all comes, you know, full circle in the end, it all connects and you're like, oh, and that's really cool. But then they stop to have a talk about it. <laughs> I know, like yeah, everything, right. everything, it's like the whole movie has to stop every time we need to make any sort of advancement in the characters or, or you yeah. know, the mystery of the plot. And it really slows things down. But I, like one thing I will say is that they have an answer for everything because like, you know, when I'm yeah. watching movies for with the fish and goggle, um, the fish and goggle, the fish and Connor goggles on, um, yeah. I'm, I'm fish constantly, fish and goggles, I'm, I'm constantly, <laughs> I'm constantly like questioning plot. I'm like, that doesn't make sense because you haven't set that up. You haven't done this. This character wouldn't do that, whatever. And every time I had a question, they would immediately come back with somebody telling me why yeah, it's okay for that to be. Was. And it was always said and not showing it, which is like really bad filmmaking. Yeah, exactly. There's another thing though, speaking of the uh, Fish and Connor goggles there in regards to things that don't make sense. One thing I was a little bit confused on, which I've, just found out this morning I was like reading back because it was something sort of bugging me um obviously with the red queen going homicidal shutting down the whole place I'm like well how can they get in there on the train motherfucker how are these defenses going um I found out like reading back on it that apparently there was supposed to be another character called the white queen who was going to explain <laughs> in a scene yes yes there was supposed to be a white queen who would explain in a scene that um the red queen's defenses were like a little bit messed up and that's the reason why the train could actually get in there which <laughs> um um, was would have just been like another very heavy expo like you know expositional kind of scene of just someone talk you know talking head being like this is what's happening this is what's happening this is why this happened well so yeah I I never really 
thought about it too much. I just assumed that that Kaplan guy, like the the computer nerd, had had oh, his yes, ways of getting yes. through everything. So I assumed he was the reason they could get in, um, and left it open. But one thing I and my girlfriend Beck kept bringing it up is like, you know, okay, this is all good. They had to shut down the hive, but somebody has to be in control of the computer. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the Red Queen's a computer program that shut down everything. But who's in, tr- yeah. in, in in control with that? So that's why I, I just assume that these guys have all come from Umbrella. Am I right yeah. in thinking that? Like yeah. these commandos? Yeah. They're, they're part of the Umbrella Corporation. They've come down to find out what's gone wrong and, and figure out. So they have some sort of access. It's pretty flaky now that you bring it up. Like it's probably the only piece of exposition that they didn't shove down our throat. So Yeah, it really is. But like, like you said, I... I only was sort of thinking on it because I was trying to think on things that didn't really make sense or weren't explained. But really, if you're just watching the film, I, I don't think most people would sort of be thinking on it too much. I think the biggest problem that this film has is that you guys are talking about and the one that you seem to be bringing up is that what it does is that it separates its action um, from its story. You know, and a yeah. lot of them aren't necessarily too combined. And while you've got these great set pieces of people getting cut up by lasers, which I couldn't stop fucking laughing at, you, you know... And there's not really, story-wise and character-wise, it never really progresses much, you know? Like, even characters getting bitten by zombies doesn't necessarily pose a major threat. In fact, the only one that seems to really be affected by it is Rain, because she turns into a zombie, and the moment she turns into a zombie, she's shot in the head anyway, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. um, a lot of it is separate, where they, like, the director has obviously gone, okay, like, here's this action bit, this is what I want to do here, all right, and then this with story. Like, even with the cop and searching for Lisa, um, you've got, like, oh, yeah. you've got this zombie that is, attacks him by the desk, you know, but then it, it's immediately solved because I forget her name. I don't even know Alice. what the it's, it's Lisa. Yeah, that's Lisa. Matt's sister. Well, no, Alice no, 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 comes no. up. Alice comes Alice, up. Alice, yeah. yeah. Alice kills the, the zombie, and I'm like, well, like, that could have been a whole bit. Like, that could have... You could have easily molded an, a, a, a huge action sequence with the dogs or with... With Alice, like realizing who she is, yeah, while I he's feel searching like... for, like these are things that, uh, that I think that's the difference between, you know, like a, a a great action scene, a good one, and I think you know that comes from that early two thousands cheese because that sort of exposition <laughs> is early. Yeah. That is what that's what it is. It's like big, 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 and then small, and like these characters being intimate and yeah. having a real conversation, and big, big, yeah. big, like that's no. a that's a cheesy thing, you know. No, I think you're right, but and there are points where they they actually do successfully mold the story with action. Like there's that part where Matt the the cop is trying to get the you know the keys to his his cuffs in, in that first oh, yeah, zombie that's, thing. That's, Good. And it's done really well. Like you're advancing the plot. You're advancing the fact that he's getting the keys while keeping the ante up. And yeah. like you said, we could have had like a whole, like most of these exposition scenes could have been happening while zombies are attacking them. Like, you know, they could yeah. be hiding yeah, somewhere exactly. trying to get away. Like, yeah, it's really strange that they didn't do it. Cause that's, that's something I kind of would expect from a director like this. Like he wants to yeah. make this kick-ass action movie. And like I said, I feel like he knows what he's doing when he's doing that stuff. But then it's kind of like it's kind of like a porno, you know. Like you gotta have like the cool fucking fuck scene, and then just have like a bunch of like oh talking to set up the next fuck scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like- yeah, yeah. It's um, that's, that's a really good point, Vet. But the um, before we we talk a bit more about pornos, the uh, I'd like to go back to that scene that Connor mentioned actually because that is a big fucking part of that film for me. That is honestly my least favorite scene. 
the and sister it's scene. The one that stands out to me. It's the one scene that I think about. I was thinking about the whole time after the movie finished. It bugged me so much. I feel like there's so much that they could have done to make that scene more dynamic. Like Connor was saying, they could have at least had a, you know, had Matt trying to talk to his sister or his sister attacking him and then Alice coming in and him going, no, don't do it. It's my sister. You know, that kind of thing. That would have been way more action packed than just, you know, and this is what pisses me off as well. This scene was cut down because I was really pissed off about it that I specifically went and looked up why this scene was so shit. (laughs) You were losing sleep over it. (laughs) Yes, I was losing sleep and it was, it, it was cut. Okay, so it was cut so you didn't see the close-up of uh, Alice hitting her in the head, which really bugged me because you don't have any indication of anything happening there and then all of a sudden she's on the floor. I'm like, that's a really poor shot. Like, it's a really poor way mm, it to was, sort of... And she kill. hit him with, she hit, him, hit her with like a, a paperweight a paper or something. Weight. Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> and like, this is, this is, you know, this is supposed to be a you know, like an important zombie. This is Matt's sister. It should have, like, there was better deaths for zombies who were just nothing. Like that one who bit Rain first. That zombie had the best fucking, like, kick down scene. Yes. And, like, we didn't get any of that with Lisa, who was, like, turned out to be a major part of the plot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And it pisses me off. And I feel like they had such a chance to go so high action there. And I feel like it was such, as far as we're talking about scenes that are all of a sudden quiet, that one was so drawn out in, in relation to sort of all the other ones. Like, that was definitely the longest, just little sort of talking head scene. And it really, really bugged me because I feel like it could have been a lot more dynamic. And then it was so fucking jarring the next cut after that they're all of a sudden talking about all this exposition this backstory and the next thing we know they're bursting into the doors where everyone else is going quick shut it they're being like chased by zombies yeah, and there's true. it's it's such a weird jump cut and it pissed me off so much and yeah, it really was, has to do really strange. Yeah. yes it really has to do with apparently like the seven minutes that was cut from this film but like that just absolutely irked the shit out of me because I was like I'm instantly out of this film like I'm not in it anymore I you know any chance that I had to be fully immersed here or sort of be enjoying it in a certain way I'm being taken out immediately by this really drawn out just expositional scene and then a fucking terrible cut right after Mm. The, the editing in this film uh, is garbage. <laughs> like, it really is. Yeah, it's it, it, it really is. is. Like I, I'm watching this and I'm like, why? Like, but it's not even like bad. Like, ooh, that was they did they did not time that well. It's like, why? Like, why did you cut yes. there? Like, of all the like naturally, like every yeah. film class, every audience member, like, why would you cut there? And like every time, <laughs> I was like. Why? Like, why are you doing this? Crazy. Like, I don't even care. Like, I, it's inexcusable, really. It's inexcusable. Like, even if they're cutting this down for gore reasons or for time factors, it's inexcusable for it to be cut that sloppily. It's a fucking film, you know? Like, this is what people get paid to do. It needs to flow. And it's so inexcusable that it would have that in there. And that it would be put out at cinemas like that. Yeah, that's it. I, I noticed a lot uh, between... Uh, cuts between Miller like I found like from a close-up to a mid shot her performance would be completely different like there's that part yeah. where her and Spence I think his name is like the husband um one of one of the, like the commandos goes past and like you know nods his head at him like come on let's go and then they kind of have oh, like a little yeah. joke between each other and she has this huge <laughs> smile on her face and then it cuts to her not having a smile and then kind of starting to smile 
And that has oh, always yeah. annoyed me. Even before I became a filmmaker, that annoyed me. I was like, what? That's yeah. different. And, and then, um, so her performance was was very flaky at times. And and this is one thing I think the, the major problems come from is, is you know, we're talking a lot about the exposition and the pacing and, you know, just, just slowing things down a lot. It's I think it's a mix of poor direction, poor editing and poor performance, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. and, and writing. Whenever things slow down, like I just like like that Matt guy, the the cop, is one of the worst actors I think I've ever seen. He is oh, horrible. Oh my god, it pissed. Oh, like seriously. Okay, and apparently I was reading as well that role was originally for David Bor um Borna. Wait, how do you fuck? Uh, Angel, the guy from <laughs> Angel. Yeah, David Borinas. I don't know, yeah, but anyway, know. that would have supposed cool. to be him originally. Yeah, yeah, how cool would that have been? I would have really enjoyed that. But this guy, like, this ugly, this damn ugly Betty, Betty actor yeah. is ridiculous. He's, like, he's he so wooden. He's like that guy who, who would have done, like, bit parts in NCIS. He would have been, like, a killer in NCIS <laughs> oh, at yeah. one point, you know, because he never would have been anything more. Um, really, like, physically imposing, but never uses it. He's too much of kind of like a pussy. Like, you know, that David yeah. Barrera, Barrera, whatever his name is, like, he, I could tell that that was a role for him. Like he would have suited yeah. that role because he's got some chops and he and he's a big dude. But this guy is kind of like, yeah. nah, it doesn't really work. Like even Miller, I feel like she she has some really good moments and then some really weak moments. Um, everybody, yeah. I feel like is and and it comes down to the direction as well because I've seen most of these actors be really good. Like Michelle Rodriguez, I've seen her kill yeah. it. And in this, she she's almost kind of kill. I feel like this was you know she was. Or like kind I feel of like she just wasn't given enough chance for it, right? Like, is that the kind of the uh, vibe you get as well? Yeah, a little bit, but I also feel uh, I don't know because I feel like she was the star of this movie. She does get a lot, um, especially uh, as opposed to the the rest of the, like the commandos. Like, it's really her and Alice and a bit of this <laughs> my, Matt guy. My roommate came out. <laughs> He's just like. It, it, like I don't like her very much. Like even as a performer, I just don't. I something about her. Michelle, <laughs> sorry, are you talking about? Yeah, Michelle? yeah, yeah. And she's like so nonsense, no nonsense bitch. <laughs> and like we're what I'm watching it. My roommate just walks out, looks at her, like she said some stupid thing. And he's like, "Don't you just want to like beat the shit out of her?" Wow. <laughs> 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 he, he was just like, "I just want to like." Get into a cage fight and like have a full-on fight with this character because I fucking hate her so much. Like, oh, <laughs> ow. He wanted, and he didn't want to like just mercilessly beat her. He wanted like a proper challenge. A proper like, he fight. Wanted he to, wanted all, yeah, he wanted, he wanted one a one fight. On one. Like he wanted to assert dominance over this person. <laughs> <laughs> and like I kind of went, no, yeah, a little bit. Like I kind of like got it because she's a pain in the ass. Like there's something really. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's something really frustrating to me about a character who's just basically the living embodiment of Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Like, <laughs> it's just like, I just, I hate Raphael and I hate that attitude all the time. Like, she never drops it throughout the film. She's like, I don't know. Oh. I actually, like, I used to really hate it when I was a kid and I used to watch this film, but I actually really liked it this time around. I, I seem to appreciate that kind of character a lot more now that I've gotten a lot older. Well, like I was saying, she. I, this is like at the time where I feel like Michelle Rodriguez was kind of at her peak almost. Like she'd just come out of Fast and Furious where she was like a no-nonsense chick and that. So she comes yeah. into this playing a no-nonsense chick. And 
I don't mind that because I know she can do it. Like I, I like her in Fast yeah. and Furious. I like her in um, when she's in Machete. <laughs> like, I oh, love her yeah, in that. Dude. Um, she's great in Machete. Yeah, like so I have seen her do her thing, but I almost feel like it's funny that you said that they didn't give her enough chance. I feel like maybe they gave her too much rain, <laughs> rain over this yeah. because she, um, because I feel like she's trying too hard. She's always doing yeah. the, you know, the stupid looking. Looking like she's got her head down and looking up through through her hair, sort of thing. Like uh, she yeah. she bit me, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> saying stuff like that. And that was a great delivery. Uh, you could you. be Michelle. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I feel like she is cool enough, and I want her to like. I want to really like her, but it's almost a little bit too lame. Like she's too tough. Yeah. As it, as it goes on. Yeah, no, actually, I can see where you're coming from. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that she's such, like, a Resident Evil fan herself. Maybe she felt oh, like, she's she? like, I really... Yeah, because she actually said to um, she said to her agent, she's like, if they ever make a fucking Resident Evil film, make sure I get on it. Because she's, like, a massive Resident Evil oh, fan. That's cool. And so maybe she just felt like she really, really had to sell it. Like, maybe she was like, oh, like, I really want to give my best performance and, like, kind of pushed it a bit too far and... But yeah, anyway, maybe. maybe that's the reason Quickly, behind sorry, it. Sorry, I'm on her Wikipedia at the moment, and it says, <laughs> Known professionally as Michelle Rodriguez is an American actress, screenwriter, and DJ. DJ? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I wonder what kind of music she plays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me, hey, I'll tell you, it's one of the first lines in her career. She plays openly house music. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. I did not shit. expect it. I can't believe this is a whole part of her life. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> That's really video, cool. I guess I can't judge. Because I would just assume that she goes home and, like, you know, beats the shit out of a boxing bag, and that's all she yeah. does yeah, in between Yeah, well, like, films. sharpens knives. Yeah. <laughs> Eats the man, Eats she, the man sharpens knives. <laughs> she likes to drop a beat. Now, yeah. I one thing I, I kind of got a little bit confused with, but were some of the best moments, is Alice has, like, this weird affection for Rain. Like, they yeah, become like, really attached. Like, like they're like, girlfriends, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, I think, like I was saying earlier, I think some of Mila's best acting in it is when she's acting to Rain. When she cares about like, Rain, you know, yeah. when she's sort of, when she's crying, when she thinks that she's bitch. gone and stuff. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like, like, it's weird as hell because Rain's done nothing but be a massive, colossal pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, like, and, like, and, like, Alice is like, what the, where am I? And then remembers that, she hates Umbrella Corp and wants to take this, the, the yeah. whole company down. There's not even, so yeah, there's not even a scene where Rain is ever like, oh, look, I'll help you sort of yeah. remember stuff or anything. Like, there's so no bonding moment. Like she needs to be nice. Like, if I saw, if I was Alice and that happened to Rain and she's about to die, I wouldn't be like, Rain, wake up. I'd just grab the gun and be like, all right, you've got about Put five seconds. Yeah. Like, you just experience dogs trying to eat your face. I don't think you really need to risk this idiot. This yeah. Turning into a zombie. Like, I... Chopped off the boyfriend's that head, is... for God's sake, in a heartbeat. Like, chop... Just was like, nah, see you, mate. Uh, you pissed me off. <laughs> Cuts off his head, but doesn't want to shoot this girl. He's very obviously going to be a zombie. Idiot. Yeah, yeah so... Idiot. Fair call. Fair call there, Fish. I was actually quite confused by that and just sort of forgot it until you mentioned it. But yeah, it's... It's very... It's very odd, actually. It just comes out of nowhere, so... and it's it's 
like I, I do understand that you know when people are in in a crisis together you're gonna bond to a certain extent but like the way they are at the end of it is like they were lifelong friends or sisters you know yeah um which it i really, really liked but like if they that. built that a little bit more i kind of would have gone along like if rain yeah. kind of because you you just hit the nail on the head connor the fact that she is an umbrella corporation employee who alice hates so what I might have liked to have seen is that, you know, Alice is like, you know what? Like, I'm not about this anymore. I'm I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to team up with Alice. And then they become friends. But that never really happens. So yeah. it's kind of confusing. Well, and I feel like that's where it really falls down again with having no character development, really. Mm. Like this, you know, they could have sold for a lot more of the emotional side of the Because I feel like every film is good to a degree. Like, what sends it over, what sends it to the next level is for you to be able to really connect with the characters. Connect, yeah. And, like, yeah. And I feel like the... Like, they tried to bring in the emotional side of it, but right at the end. And they didn't have any build-up to it either. So, like, it just... Like, I get where they're trying to come from with inserting these scenes where she's like, no, 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 like, I can't lose you too, and this kind of thing. But yeah. I'm like, it comes out of nowhere. It really does. It's like, well, who is she? But saying that, there is one character that I probably connected with over every one of them, <gasps> and it's that Kaplan oh, I'm guy. So- yes! I was so hoping you would say Kaplan. <laughs> <laughs> he is so he good. Just, He's the he only one so who good. fucking does anything. I know, and I thought he was, like, the weakest actor sort of going into it. I was just like, oh, wow, they killed off Colin Salmon's so quick, and I completely forgot that he was the one who got, like, diced and sliced in the mm. laser room. Um, but I was, just like... Just quick segue on the laser room. Um, you were kind of laughing about that before, Connor. I think so that scene bad. is fucking incredible. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. It's so it awesome. is. It's definitely one of the most memorable scenes in the film. And I think it's one of those films where... And actually, one of the people I was watching the film with, he's like, that's the only scene I remember. And yeah. I'm like, you can see what... It's a very, it's so very punchy, cool. punchy it's, scene. The music going again, killing it. And then they yep. like flip the old mate. Um, the black guy's like jumping up on the on the wall, on the, on the roof, and like gets his knife sliced off. And that chick gets her head cut off. And the other guy gets cut in half. All while oh, and I feel so Kaplan. bad for him, and he fucking jumps. Oh, oh no! And then he's like, you know, he's ready. He's like, "What do you got? What do you got now, laser?" And then it turns into a net. <laughs> he just gets oh. sliced up, and it's such a great shot of Alice watching through, like the window, oh, yeah. and you see the reflection of the, you know, all the the flesh fall apart. But all through this, and this is I got to give props to my boy Kaplan. Like he's just. You know, it's it's pretty much his fault, and he's trying to s- stop it. And everyone's like, "Get him out of there, man!" And he's like, "Fucking shut up! I need to do it." You know, I, like yeah, it's the one time where I actually felt proper emotion from the characters. Like, yeah, because you're like, "Oh, Kaplan!" Like, yeah, and I find that he was so good when he went into the room as well. Like right after, you can really, really see his oh, hesitation, but also so, wanting to like I gotta finish complete the mission. the mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I found him to be like a really emotional character. You know what I mean? Like. Even though he's working so hard to sort of achieve his motives, he he really comes off as really likable, and he's you sort of want him to lot. succeed. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. And, and like, let's, let's be honest, also, like they wouldn't have got out of there if Kaplan didn't if it wasn't come for back. Him, yeah, like he well, was... I actually I physically cheered when he came back. I was like, "Hey, Kaplan!" And he was honestly the only one's name other than Alice who I could fully remember. Remember, by the end yeah, of the film. yeah, yeah. I had to like look up everyone else's name. Yeah, yeah. He had the override. I think it's the train torn or... to hell. It's torn to hell in like a heartbeat. Like it's just like comes back, does all the work, saves oh. everyone's skin the entire I way know. through. The film. 
And then neck a minute. Oh, hey, you're driving the train, so you're still saving everyone's neck. We'll just pull you out of this train. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's, it's like, like we're, do we're done with you now. You've, you've been useful. Goodbye. But that whole uh, scene is a lot of that. Like, we just talked about it with Rain. Like, she just gets shot in the head. Like, all of a sudden, she's a, a non-entity. Kaplan does what he needs to do to get them out of there. Non-entity. Spence has just been killed because by the liquor. Then we've got shitty Matt and Alice, which is cool. But like we've got the like the Ugh. worst actor of them all still around. <laughs> I know it. Like really, it honestly pissed me off. It honestly pissed me off when Kaplan died. I was just it like, did. I was too. Come I was on, like, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that was on, that like, was a cheap. That was a cheap get. Yeah. Yeah, like, that was a super cheap get. Like it just it yeah. really really irked me, and I was just like. You've built it, and they also built it up with him coming back, being able to survive that whole well, that's fucking really tense, yeah. really tense scene where he's like, you know, about to be eaten by the zombie horde and stuff, and you think he's going to kill himself. Like, you you're like cheering You're going to work for your meal. Exactly, yeah. right? Like, you sort of be cheering for him, and then he comes back, and you're like, yes, I've got this payoff, this character that I like is back, and then just, oh, fucking, nope, guess not. Yeah. No, it I, is, think, it's I think, honestly, bit... though, that's because they wrote the ending before they wrote the rest of the film, because they couldn't yeah. have <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like, when you watch it, I'm like, well, he couldn't have lived, because they take Old Mate off, and he's going to go be some horrible monster in the next one, I'm sure. And, like, they wanted, yeah. they obviously wanted it to be Alice alone, and I was like, well, that's why they kill everyone off. But it's a bit weak. Like, it's yeah. still pretty this week, in my opinion. I still think it could have been really emotionally charged if they had kept him, and then in one of the next films had her go and find both of them, you know, and then, mm. like, have have Kaplan come back as, like, you know, someone who can sort of help her through it. Or Ka just, yeah, Kaplan would have been a good Robin, you know, like a good sidekick for oh, her yeah. the whole way through. Because yeah. like, it's all... Like, the one thing, like, as we go further through, it's always, like, these tough chicks and whatever, which is really cool. But, like, to have a slightly weaker, like, nerdy dude who can... Doesn't kick ass, but comes in and does all, like, the nerd computer stuff. Like, I think that would be a yeah. good team-up for, for him and Alice. Alas, we didn't get it. Um, I've got two more things I want to talk about. One is, is this, this final scene, besides everybody getting killed, and the liquor. Like, I lost my shit when I saw that liquor bust out of the out of the <laughs> thing. Like, it still, like, makes me really excited when I watch it. And it's really cool. It comes and just tears the crap out of Spence, who's just been a complete oh, pain in the ass. And then, I do love that. But then it, and then it like, mutates into this weird dog-looking thing, and it's kind of uh, not as cool. Like, where do you guys stand on that one? Um, I, th I don't know. I find all over. I was really let down by the, like, effects of the liquor. There wasn't any it, point where I was like... <laughs> I was just sort of. They don't stand up. That's for it. sure. <laughs> yeah, like it does. It doesn't really stand out to me. Like I, I just was kind of like, oh yeah, okay. I just found it hard to be really like scared by something that just looks so bad. Like I know it's a really bad thing for me to just sort of sell something short because of bad effects, or well, not not bad effects, but you know what I mean, like really dated effects. And I was just kind of like, oh, I just can't buy it anymore. Like things have just progressed too far and it makes it so hard to go back with some things and be like, okay, yeah, like I'm really buying this, you know, yeah, character I was that they've created. I was surprised here. at how, how much it's dated because I remember it being quite like decent and they've cut between animatronic stuff and yeah. CG, which I always appreciate. Um, which that yeah. just doesn't happen anymore. The CGI in it is pretty rubbish. What about you, Connor? The CG. Like just the liquor in general. Like I still think the uh, liquor's cool. I just, like it is dated, but like when it's coming and it's fucking up shit. And I actually like that last scene and, and the way that she kills it. I think is really yeah. cool. Yeah, I do really like that. It was yeah. pretty terrifying as a as sort of a like a 
boss. I mean, like, that was the thing. Like, it's clear, like, that's where they got that video game tone as well. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's expanded. Like, it's, it's Asian fresh jeans or some shit. Now mutates. Yeah, and now it's this mutated thing. And, I mean, like, it's cool. And I was like, oh, that's pretty terrifying. But it wasn't, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it should have been more sort of, like, prominent throughout the entire film like it's punting them the entire way through to sort of like really yeah, yeah that would have added some tension like oh god there's that thing remember because it kind of pops up at the end and with the yeah. moment you see it like for me i was like okay so that's going to be the final thing they deal with and like i when you watch it like when i watched it i was like well they're going to deal with it like there's no way they're not going to not kill it mm. so i don't know it was kind of a little disappointing i would have liked for it to be a more sort of uh, just a yeah uh, it yeah. been cool if it was yeah, you're probably right. I haven't, I haven't, I didn't really think of it in that way. Um, I guess they because they're setting up the zombies so much, but there would have been a. They, I can, I can already see like a really cool scene where like oh they're getting overwhelmed by zombies and they finally get away and then all of a sudden this thing comes out, starts tearing zombies apart and coming straight for them. Like imagine that. Like that's cool. Like it shouldn't have just come down and killed Spence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's still a, I feel a cool like way it to end. Done it. a lot more, lot more damage. Yeah. Um, but for what it is, I, I think it's pretty cool, and it's a, a fitting way to end um, quite an action-packed film in quite an action-packed ending. And I believe that that's how you would kill it. And I love that she like stab, like jabs it in the tongue because you know the liquor, like it was. Yeah. That's the way it dies. It's getting dragged along by its like indestructible tongue, like any other thing, it would have been kind of ripped off. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Okay, I want to finish on. You're all going to die down here, the Red Queen. <gasps> yes! I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was actually on my list of things that I really wanted to like bring up in this podcast. Okay. I fucking love that scene. It's so good. Oh, that scene like, is just, fantastic, yeah. Like, just that, just that, like, her, the little Red Queen going, you're all going to die down here, and then that fucking shot of Kaplan's eyes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kaplan killing it's so it again. good. Yep, Kaplan was really, yep doing it there but okay yeah i just really really wanted to mention that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the film well while we're while we're mentioning the you're all going to die down here talking about michelle rodriguez being a dj i had a a very brief dabble in a dj thing for a while (laughs) back when i was a teenager my mate had like turntables and whatever and i i mixed the resident evil soundtrack with the jaws soundtrack and i started it it was like you're all going to die down here and then it came in with you know the uh, somehow the jaws thing kicked in and then i had a bit of lincoln park coming over the top of it it was awesome it was yeah that anyway. actually was really cool that'd be a really great way to start a track <laughs> that's oh, like an absolute like nightmare like three different songs hey man but when it's mixed <laughs> together like mixed master fish reckon that shit I, hence to say I never really went on to do any more but anyway the Red Queen as a, as a character look I'll kick it off I I like her but the more I think about the idea of it it is lame as shit yeah the fact yeah. that they're fighting against a computer and conversating with a computer and do it's it's all that very post Terminator 2 where oh, they're like yeah. oh the computers are gonna take us down and and they kind of just got a bit crazier and crazier i've heard that this was an homage to um is it hal in yeah from 2001, 2001 a space odyssey um, yeah which i you know i'm gonna get fucking slammed for this but i don't like that movie it's just kind of lame it's very yeah. like 2000 sci-fi we're talking to a machine it's like 
hold on, there's somebody in control of this machine. Like I, I, I keep saying, once I get past that, I like the idea of it's this little girl, like it's the the programmer's daughter or something is the one talking. Yeah. Um, she's very creepy and like the red hologram of her looks really cool. She's kind of a bitch, but at the end of the day, she's really doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, by containing it, and these guys have come in and fucked that up. So, yeah, I'm sort of in two minds about it. What What about you guys? Like, Connor, how do you feel about the Red Queen? I mean, like the the concept of a of a computer system that's of higher intelligence and is quite sadistic and cynical, and that all that with a British accent isn't necessarily um, uh, new no. or original. Um, and it's been done a million a million times. What I love is that she wasn't just English, she was like chav, like she was like Northern English. Like yeah. She had this like, she wasn't London, that was not a London accent, and I love that, I thought that was hilarious, because like, that's the difference between like, this film, like, not being from the early 2000s, and being from the early 2000s, is they went, let's have a computer, uh, you know, and English, and that that's all there. And they're like, let's make it a little girl, because that's creepy. And they went, yeah. And they went, let's have it have a northern <laughs> English accent, even though it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would why would anyone program a computer with a northern English accent? Like, it doesn't... She's harder to understand. And just, but, like, it was... She was fun. Like, it was a fun thing. Like, and I it was creepy. And I kind of liked that it was like that. I just thought... I just thought it was funny. Like, it, I just—it was just another thing that reminded me that this film was made at the start of the movie. Yeah, well, it, it kind of goes yeah. along with the style of the film, which you know I was, you know, as it turns into a sci-fi action thriller thing, it it kind of fits in with it. And like you said, the cheese of it, it it works. So it's not out of the yeah. blue. Um, it's still still lame. What did you think, Trace? Um, yeah, it's sort of. I like aspects of the Red Queen, but there's a lot that really sort of bugged me about it. And it really, really bugged me that I didn't feel like there was a real villain in this film until we had sort of Spence be a bit of a shapeshifter and kind of become the villain. And even then, I feel like he really wasn't given enough time to sort of be a villain. To he be sort a of villain, was a villain. Yeah. And then he was dead, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he gets so like I feel five like, minutes. <laughs> yeah, so I felt like it kind of, in that sense, I never really felt like like the stakes were always high but if you know what I mean like it didn't feel like there was a strong enough antagonist for me to sort of be like oh you know like sort of makes the plot need to be in this certain point at this certain point it just kind of felt like anything which I guess could be fun anything could sort of happen because the computer at any point could be like oh well now I've done this because I'm a computer and you know this Mm. has happened because I'm a computer so which it kind of does yeah yeah, which, I mean, like, that's kind of fun in the sense that anything could happen. But I feel like there has to be an element of character there. And I feel like they sort of gave it a lot of character and, you know, like saying it's a programmer's daughter, all that kind of thing. But then in saying that, I feel like they didn't play up on it enough. Like, I really didn't feel like the Red Queen sort of came into it enough. You know, they sort of really only had her speak about three or four times and have a few yeah, like, like you know dump, basically every yeah time. she exactly, really is you yeah. know what I mean yeah. and like I feel like there could have been like if they if they're talking about like Hal from 2001 a space odyssey they could have had a lot more of them sort of talking to her you know being like and a lot more they could have built it up to be a lot more tense as well because even in that scene where Kaplan's kind of like 
listening to her when they're just turning her off and things like that. They don't even sort of stay on her sort of saying something to build the tension or anything. They just sort of cut to Alice walking into the other room when she says like, you're all, you know, like you're all going to regret this and all this stuff. It's like not even staying on her while she's saying it. It's sort of just a shot of Alice wandering around being very confused. Mm. Whereas I feel like they could have had, I just feel like it was underused. That's my real final thought with that. Yeah, you're probably right. I do like the idea that they shut her down, but then have to bring her back to help them. And then I also don't like that because it's like, why are you bargaining with a computer? You just can't. That that would never yeah. happen. <laughs> anyway, exactly, higher intelligence. Yeah. Um, it's above me. Finally, we get to the the you know we get out of the the hive. They go up to Raccoon City. Matt gets taken away. Let's take him to the Nemesis program. Yeah, which is yes, and then, Resident and then, uh, Evil 3. Uh, that's that's the, <laughs> the game, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, which is a huge thing. Huge nerdgasm from Young Fish over here. Oh my God, the Nemesis is coming. And Rapunzel's. then she fucking gets pulled out of, you know, she wakes up in that hospital and goes out into the street and you're like, oh, here we go. Now we're going to do oh, what the yeah. games did and it ends. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's such a little prick tease, honestly. And um, can I just say as well, that end part, it was really bugging me when I was watching it because I was like, one of those doctors looks exactly like Jason Isaacs. And I was so like, when I was watching, I'm like, those are so his eyes. And then I was like reading up on it and I was like, fuck, it was Jason Isaacs. Cause who I was didn't Jason realize, Isaacs? Like, um, he's the guy, who, he played like um, Siri, uh, uh, Draco Malfoy's dad, you know, like Lucius oh, yeah, Malfoy, yeah, yeah. and he was also yeah. in like um, huh. the Peter Pan movie and stuff like that. Yeah, right. So he, yeah, like he's actually good friends with Paul Anderson, and I completely forgot about the fact that he's in Event Horizon. So that's actually like where uh, those guys know each other. Yeah. Huh. yeah, and he also he also did the voiceover at the start. I thought I'd add that in there as well. Oh, okay, there you go. Well, he's uh, yeah. a little connection there. Well, guys, yeah. I'm I'm all wrapped up over here. Let's get on to my favourite segment, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. Now, are you familiar with this segment, Trace? We we go and we say something we like about the movie, something we don't like about the movie, and something that was just flat out ugly about the movie. It doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just something that you yeah. found ugly. So, ladies first. What was your good with Resident the Evil? The good. Okay, well, the good for me was definitely Kaplan. Yes, that was, nice. Yes, I really, really liked Kaplan, and I feel like some of the best shots in the film had to do with him. Like, that shot after she says, you're all going to die, and there's that great shot of him, you know, and his eyes. I really loved that, and I really loved that part where you think he's going to fucking sacrifice himself and going to shoot himself in the head. I think that's really, really a strong scene for me. It stands out. It's also a very tense scene, one of the tensest, fe- like, scenes in the film. So that, for me, is the good. Um, the bad would probably Oh, hold on. We'll, we'll do all our goods first. Hold your horses there, Tracy. Oh, we're all gonna go around. We're gonna we're gonna round table this shit. So Connor, Connor, tell us what your good is before Tracy cuts you off again. God damn. Um, (laughs) My my good would be that laser scene. That shit was that went off. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My good would be the fucking music. This soundtrack is killer, and coupled with the action scenes, it's just some of the best stuff that you know, some of the best action that I've ever seen. The bad. Tracy, what do you got? Oh, yeah, the bad. (laughs) Well, I was so excited to get to it because it fucking... It's definitely the, you know, just the expositional scenes. Yeah. And that was definitely the worst for me. I feel like that really let the film down. Connor? Uh, The bad, I I think... You see, 
it's a tough one, isn't it? Because is it really bad, or is it meant to be that way? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's my, my struggle. Um, I don't. I, I would say I, I, the, the the acting was pretty terrible <laughs> from pretty much everyone. So I'd say probably the acting, the, the acting from um, the cop. That's probably my bad. Next level. <laughs> yeah. Next level. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a hybrid of both of yours. There. I hate the exposition dumping through bad acting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's um. That's it's pretty bad. Now, the ugly. Tracy, what do you got? The ugly for me is definitely going to be the really dated CGI. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Connor? I'm setting up a second film. <laughs> oh, yeah. You always, you always like, did hate sorry, that. Sorry, I, I, I don't care. If you guys listen to this podcast and you think I'm always just a grumpy bitch every time someone wants to make a sequel, you're right. I am. <laughs> Stop doing it. <laughs> Uh, I do I do have to agree with you there, Connie. You are so right. I really hate that it's like an ending of uh, films. I, I remember being frustrated at the ending of this one because I was like, it's it's just about to get good. But then I was also like, there's got to be a whole movie of them in Raccoon City. I'm so keen, which we'll talk about next week. My ugly is Rain's eyes. The way that Michelle oh, Rodriguez yeah. always does that look just fucking pisses me off. It's so lame. <laughs> so ugly. Well, that leaves us to come to our final thoughts and our scores for Resident Evil. Tracy, what you got? All right. Well, overall, I was actually surprised by how much I really liked this film coming back to it. Because, I mean, I did enjoy it when I was a kid, but I thought coming back with it, sort of, you know, liking films the way I like them now, I thought that I wouldn't like it as much but I was actually able to sit down and have like a pretty fun time there was like you know I was really enjoying the music I was having a lot of fun with like Kaplan as a character I sort of found myself really going ooh ah at like a few scenes that I kind of had forgotten about so yeah I actually had a pretty good fun like pretty fun time with it so I'm going to give it probably like a 3.5 that's a fair score Connor McDuff um I mean like it's just it's a fun time, isn't it? Like, it's one of those films that you can just watch and you just kind of enjoy because it's just good fun. You know, like, I don't know what it is about this sort of thing. It always takes me back to being, like, 10 years old and watching these sort of action films with my best mate, you know, because they're just so fun and silly and you can just enjoy the whole process of it, even though it's, you know, fucking stupid sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, where, where that fun comes from comes from also, you know, a lot of technical issues because it's a bit corny. The editing's pretty trashy. And I mean, like, there's moments where... There's one moment when they're on the train and um, old mate shoots Rain in the face and she's, like, like holding on to the guy's tongue and the cop in the background is literally, like, this... this the liquor is on fire. And he's and just standing the there. And it's just standing there. Yeah. And, like, I noticed it's that. just a... There's just a moment where I'm like, really? Like, this is a high-budget film and that's in the final cut, you know? And, like, I, that is something that just is sort of inexcusable in a film, I think. And I did enjoy it. Um, I had a good time. I do think it has problems, though, so I give it um, I give it a three out of five. It's good fun. Very nice, very nice. Now, I was interested on how I would feel about this movie now because even as a kid, like I said, as much as I watched this movie over and over and over, as a teenager, I should say, this movie is made for teenagers. You know, this is like you yeah. just said, Connor, this is this is a movie that you watch when you're a teenager when you're with your mates and it's just like a, a, a good time. And 
as much as I even back then was annoyed at a few little things about the film, like stuff that we've talked about today, like the editing, the the exposition, that all that all was a problem for me. But I still can just like push that aside and have a good time because when this movie is on, it's on, and it's a, it's a thing that I, I've related to this whole series is, is that they are fun and like they're just they're fun for fun's sake it's just good action and good times around they have no fucking connection to the to the games as far as i'm concerned and that's why i've been able to sort of separate them but even even watching this now it surprises me that this spawned so many sequels because it, it hasn't it hasn't gone on like they don't get good ratings like they i guess they make a bit of money but like they're not huge movies and like Connor, you hadn't even seen any of them. Like it's it's just very interesting that we're getting to a sixth one. Yeah, I was but, I was actually working at the cinema when like Extinction and stuff came out, and I seriously those those like viewings, those screenings were always so quiet. There was never anybody yeah. going to that movie. Yeah, yeah, every time like I've seen all of these at the movies, and every one of them has been a pretty quiet cinema. But saying that, I still have a lot of fun coming back to them, and that's all that matters. And this one, this has like just mad nostalgic connection. I, I forgot how much I watched this movie. Like even as, as the movie starts and you know, we find out later that it's Spence knocks into that guy and he's like, thank you. And he spills his, <laughs> spills his coffee yeah. and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And like the chick getting her head chopped off in the, in the elevator, all that sort of oh, stuff yeah. was just like, I, I recognized every sound. I, like I relate it to like old Disney movies that I used to watch over and over and over as a kid, <laughs> like the Lion King and the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. I know, I know the next sound of those movies before it's coming because I've seen it so much. And that's what this movie is like. I can't believe I'd seen it so much. So look, it's hard. I was never gonna not like this movie coming back in. I can really see all the problems with it, yeah. but that doesn't matter to me. And I just love this movie and I had a really good time going back to it. I give it a four out of five. Nice, what a score, that's a good one. Big old bloody score. A big old bloody that score. A, that, is a, that is a big one. Well, well, well. Uh, so we've started off a new retrospective, but we're not going to be continuing this next week because me and Connor are going back to the movies to see Star Wars. Woo! Next week. We're, we're ahead of time here. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm just checking time. <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded Sorry, yeah. this early, guys. Connor's uh, he's, um, he's not with it. I'm not. I, I'm very sick at the moment, everyone. I'm very sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, next week we've got Rogue One, then we've got our big Boxing Day bonanza, and then to kick off the new uh, the new year, Tracy will be coming back, we're going to do the rest of the Resident Evil film. So all of January is Resident Evil month, so get hyped for that. Drop us any sort of thoughts that you have on this franchise, drop us any thoughts that you had on this particular movie, on whatever the next one is, um, I can't remember what it's called, is it Apocalypse, I think? Resident Evil Apocalypse. Yeah, I, um, I feel like you might be right, but I need to like check. I that. feel like it is. There's, there's all the names are very generic sequel names. Any thoughts on Resident Evil Apocalypse? Let us know. We'll try and bring them up on the podcast. But hey, guys, it's been great. Tracy, thanks for joining us for this one. Connor, you're a sack of sure. shit. It's been good. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Play the music, fish.
thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur a Movie. Fish and Connoisseur a Movie does not own any rights to the film Resident Evil, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Seizure of Power is performed by Marilyn Manson, and the track The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly titles is performed by Ennio Morricone.